Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Brought to you by Facebook. I'm Dan Permack. On today's show, Beer's Final Frontier and what big business wants from the Supreme Court. But first, political theater. So Axios this morning reports that Mayor Pete Buttigieg has become the latest politician to catch the Hollywood bug, agreeing to let a documentary film crew follow him around as he runs for president. This comes as Netflix is still reaping rewards from its Bringing Down the House documentary, which featured four 2018 congressional campaigns, including that of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which has led to another AOC doc deal for the Green New Deal. And then there's Beto O'Rourke, who has his own documentary project with HBO. Why it matters is that these films can enshrine narratives that impact future politics, creating legacies that continue to stream long after the campaigns themselves are in the rear view. Buttigieg, for example, could lose the Democratic presidential primaries, but have his future prospects emboldened by a popular film in which he's portrayed well, and just as easily have those prospects slashed by behind-the-scenes missteps that would otherwise go unnoticed. It's a new, nearer-time version of political history, and it wouldn't be surprising if some other candidates already have deals we don't know about. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios media reporter Sarah Fisher, who broke the Mayor Pete film news this morning with Lexi McCammond. But first, this. If you're going to see ads, you probably want to see ads that feel relevant to you. Personalized advertising is why so much of the internet is free. To learn more, visit facebook.com slash about slash ads. We're joined now by Axios media reporter Sarah Fisher. So Sarah, Pete Buttigieg is filming a documentary. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez filmed one and might be filming another one. Are these just vanity projects by politicians? I think they're attempts to do really serious PR, whether or not their campaigns or their legacies in Congress survive. They want to make sure that they personally will have a legacy on the streaming sets of millions and millions of young people in America. And so in the case of Mayor Pete, look, we don't know what's going to happen with his campaign, but we do know that regardless of what happens, it's historic. You know, he's one of the I think he is the first openly gay veteran to be running for president. And so he wants to make sure that he can capture that. And how better to do it than have cameras follow around with you in real time? Is it? I mean, I wonder from the filmmaker's perspective, you noted in your piece this morning that this hasn't yet been, that the, the Buttigieg one hasn't yet been sold to a streaming service, et cetera. So is there a big risk in terms of the filmmakers themselves? Because they're the ones who are paying for the cameras and I assume the travel and all that. Buttigieg either needs to win or have something narratively very, very interesting happen during the campaign outside of, as you said, just the the general historic nature of the fact that he's running. There is a little bit of risk. So with the AOC documentary that Axis had broken the news about a couple of weeks ago on the Green New Deal, we know that the person who was producing that film was the same person, Rachel Lear, who produced uh, Knock Down the House, which... And and tell, tell us what Knock Down the House is for those who don't know. It is a documentary that featured the campaign trails of four new Democratic freshmen, and it landed on Netflix. And so they had a little bit less risk because a previous film had already landed on Netflix. Obviously, the folks who are doing uh, the Peter documentary, Story Syndicate, they have great reputations. It wouldn't surprise me if this eventually does land somewhere. But I think what they're waiting for and what the streamers, the entertainment companies are waiting for is let's see what happens in the race. If you're Story Syndicate, you might be able to sell these rights for quadruple the amount if Mayor Pete wins. So you want to be careful about when you're going to start shopping things around. However, I will say this. I would imagine, and sources tell us, you know, the 
proper conversations are being had, planting the seeds, uh, but they didn't want to necessarily come out of the gate super loud, as as you mentioned, in case something really bad happens with the campaign or in the instance that Mayor Pete sort of floats into irrelevancy, although I don't think that will happen. Do we know, I mean, does the, do the candidates in these, and there obviously have been some of these in the past, non-millennial candidates, do, do we know, do the candidates themselves have final say? In other words, if, if, if Buttigieg or any of these people has, you know, a major campaign meltdown, you know, something horribly embarrassing, et cetera, that would obviously be good from a film perspective. Can the filmmakers still sell them? And the thing that, that I think about, there was one, wasn't there a documentary about the Romney campaign? And it wasn't a complete flame out, but he clearly lost. And I remember there was some scene of him kind of sitting there staring at the TV when he realizes he lost, which was just this horribly deflating moment for him. Certainly not the legacy these candidates would want. Yeah, I'm sure that's part of the risk. And I'm sure that they all talked to lawyers and made sure in clauses that there are certain things to protect themselves. For example, if you are watching that screen when you're with your family and you have kids that are under 18, presumably you're going to have things in the contract that say, hey, don't feature this or that. But I think that that is a massive risk that a lot of these candidates are willing to take. I think if they are looking at this race, some of them are millennials. You know, Beto O'Rourke, who has a documentary with HBO, is a little bit older. But for AOC, for Mayor Pete, they've got a long career ahead of them, even if they lose, even if this documentary shows them in some of their toughest moments. Having those moments broadcast to millions of young people, it actually might be a net win. And I think that's the logic that a lot of these candidates are using when they're putting themselves out there. Speaking of tough, toughest moments, do we know what the Buttigieg documentary, I, I know that they were filming kind of backstage at, at the debates last week. Do we know, did they go to South Bend with him for those really tough town halls about the, uh, about the shooting? I don't know, but I would imagine that they did. Sources tell us that they've been on a lot of campaign events with Mayor Pete. Uh, quite frankly, one of the things that's sort of interesting about the story is that the production company uh, didn't really want this to come out, I would presume. And it's hard to hide this type of thing. You have big camera crews with big cameras following these candidates around. I mean, it's not going to be necessarily easy to keep these things a secret. And so I think that if they are to be sort of behind the scenes at some of these big events, moving forward, now that we have uh, you know, reports coming out that these documentaries are happening, people are going to keep their eyes peeled for those cameras. Final question on this, which is, I mean, should there be any fear from campaigns, whether it be Buttigieg or AOC or, or any any other politician, to be honest, that when you sign up for one of these documentaries and, and you're being filmed and your advisors are being filmed, that you put you, that you put yourself at risk of not being told hard truths, that people are going to play for the camera for better or for worse and not do their job properly? And, and, the, and the comp I kind of think of is the, um, Hard Knocks, right, the, the kind of behind-the-scenes HBO film on NFL camps. The good teams never agree to do it. Never. It's always the losing teams that agree just because they need some PR. The good teams don't want people seeing what happens behind the scenes. You're breaking my heart as a Jets fan, Dan. Come on. How can I'm you sorry. That? Yeah. But no, I think you're right. I think that you definitely run the risk of playing to cameras. I think the one thing, though, that we've seen with the three candidates that have agreed to do this, which is AOC, Beta, Beto, and Mayor Pete, is that they have a sense of uh, true authenticity that's been able to resonate really well on social media, on TV, that I think that they're just better media trained to be able to manage something like this. Whereas if you were to put a camera, let's say, behind someone like, I don't know, Michael Bennett, who's like a tenured and older politician, I don't know if this would necessarily capture him in his rawest moments. He might feel the need to be more postured. But I think these younger millennial candidates have kind of learned to let loose. You know, you see AOC drinking wine on Instagram. I, I imagine that it's going to be less of a problem with them, although you're right, they do run that risk. Sorry, I'm sitting here trying to think of what the rawest moments of Michael Bennett would look like. Uh, Sarah <laughs> Fisher, media reporter at Axios, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Dan.
My final two, right after this. Advertisers use ad space as a way to reach people more effectively. And since they know their ads need to be relevant for people to take action, creating more tailored content makes sense. Visit facebook.com about ads to learn more. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Anheuser-Busch InBev, the beer giant behind brands like Budweiser, which yesterday disclosed details of an upcoming IPO for its Asia Pacific business. So why this matters from a business perspective is that it's gonna be big, very big. AB InBev wants to raise up to $9.8 billion, which would easily make it the largest global IPO of 2019, topping Uber by around 1.7 billion. Why it matters from a beer perspective is that Asia Pacific is viewed by a lot of folks as the industry's last growth market, as interest has stagnated elsewhere, including in the US. And finally this morning, more than 200 large US companies have signed an amicus brief with the Supreme Court, asking it to find that existing discrimination laws cover LGBTQ workers. Among the signees were most of big tech, including Amazon and Apple, plus big automakers like GM, big healthcare like Boston Scientific, big financial like TPG, big hotels like Marriott, and big yogurt, of course, like Chobani. In all, these companies represent more than 7 million employees and around $5 trillion in annual revenue. At issue here are three cases that involve workers who claim they were fired because they were gay and transgendered. One was a New York skydiving instructor, one was a Georgia County government employee, and one was a funeral home worker in Michigan. The justices are expected to begin hearing the cases in their next session, which starts in October. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Terrence Malangone, have a great National Annecy Day, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.